The following is a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. From the birthplace of modern winemaking, Sonoma, California, welcome to the winemakers. Local experts Sam Katuri, Bart Hansen, and Brian Casey, along with host John Myers, invite you to listen in as they discuss all facets of winemaking. So sit back, pour yourself a glass, and let's hear what the guys have to say this week. Hey everybody, this is the winemakers. I'm John Myers. I'm here with, there it is. <laughs> of course, our... Perfect, uh, uh, perfect pour from Sam Katuri. How are you, Sam? How's it going, John? <laughs> Great. And uh, another perfect pour. Jeez, hey, you guys, hey, puff, you guys puff, are pass, puff, two, puff, two, pass. Uh, two out of two. Bart Hansen just scored. Sorry, pour, pour, pass. <laughs> now, actually, I'm going to score your pour, John. Oh, you better get closer to that. Uh, I, I give you a, a ten. A 10 and a 9. And an 11. Wait a minute. <laughs> uh, oh, now I'm giving you... Oh, now I'm going to give you a 12. You just handed me a Cayman. John. 2013 Cayman Sauvignon Blanc. Oh, no. That's, man, that wine I'm like is just all Sauvignon Blanc. Holding this in my hand. And, um, you know, David Cook would like this wine. I mean, he is oh, a that's right. He's a big Sauvignon Blanc guy. Blanc guy. Moon Mountain District, Sonoma... I love it. Ingredients. Organic grapes. That's it. Organic grapes. Okay. Let's do them. I like like that. Cheers to Mr. Kamen. And uh, there we go. <laughs> I, I, I just cheered myself. So tell us about this wine. This is beautiful. Uh, so this is, like I said, 2013 Moon Mountain <sighs> District Sauvignon Blanc. I actually think I picked these grapes. Wow. Um, and it doesn't say that on the label, though. That does not say that on the label, which, you know, I, I don't know organic. how they got that past the TTB, but. Uh, he is organic. Don't it, panic. He's organic. <laughs> <laughs> um, you know, this is Moon Mountain Sauvignon Blanc made uh, mm. with Mark Harold style. It's, it's uh, extracted as, as Sauvignon Blanc could be. Um, yeah, I mean, you know, it's got so much. Of that varietal character, it's mm-hmm. you know slightly kind of sweaty, um, grapefruit rind. It's really really pretty. And grapefruit sh- and zesty and zesty, yeah. yeah. And I'm sure you know as it opens up in the glass, it's gonna. What just is change. it that causes that zest? I mean, it's. it's I mean, that's, you're right. It, it, it's a it's a um, sort of a grapefruit. Yeah, it's a Sauvignon Blanc characteristic. Yeah, um, from from a from a growing district. I yeah. mean. Um, you know, I, I've actually not been to Cayman. Sam can speak more to wow. the, where so, it's at. Yeah, the, the Cayman Sauvignon Blanc, and you have been up there, right, yeah. John? So right above the pond, uh, the sort of two blocks, two sides of the vineyard come together, and there's a little sort of depression in the middle, uh, and that's where the Sauvignon Blanc is. So it's not like it's a specific block. It's a kind of part of a, a little bit of the edge of one and a little bit of the edge of the other crossing over the, the main Vineyard Avenue. Uh, so it, it's the kind of thing, you know, the Moon Mountain District, for the most part, is is too hot for really Sauvignon Blanc to be anywhere. But you can find these places within a vineyard, within, you know, the, the, the nano climate, within the microclimate, where Sauvignon Blanc can, can survive. And, you know, we'll still pick this, you know, we'll pick this in mid-August, which is crazy early for Mark Harold, but... Um, you know, I mean, it's not super behind Sauvignon Blanc around the valley, right? Um, so it's it's right in that in that range, but at the you know in this vineyard site especially, but in the mountains, crazy rocky soils, 
a whole bunch of you know cool cool wind in the morning and the night, um, but a, a lot of sunshine. That's here's, what's here's in this a bottle. Great, a, a, a cool thing about the diversity of Sonoma Valley is that there's Sauvignon Blanc grown down in Carneros that is more like a New Zealand Sauvignon Blanc where it's that that gooseberry and just you know really really floral, um, almost you know cut grass, and in a short distance as the crow flies right. so you're up in the mountain right. that much. and it changes that much yeah. too this is much more of like a dry creek valley um it sauvignon is. blanc uh, warmer climate but yet it's there in sonoma valley and that's again the beautiful thing about the diversity we have a lot here. of strength here this mm-hmm. is big it's big. almost like night blooming jasmine too like on Ooh, the nose like it's night it's not delicate floral it's like that syrupy floral stuff. Yeah. yes <laughs> You're out on your lanai uh, in Hawaii, <laughs> and Hawaii you're watching the sun go down, and all of a sudden that jasmine starts to pop. I mean, it's n- it's not a mm. patio pounding Sauvignon Blanc, no, it's not. no, because it, it's the, no. You want to taste this? Yeah, you, you actually. Pound it. And, and yeah. you know, it's not. It's maybe just a little bit colder than cellar temperature right now, which I think is a, a good temperature for it. And this is this is four years old too. I mean, you well, know, this is this this sea barrels. I don't know. I don't know what Mark yeah. does with the Sauvignon Blanc. I, I would guess not. Yeah. Um, there will be some coming up. In the, I brought three different Sauvs, and, and some, the next two will have barrel, one new oak, one not new oak. Uh, uh, you met my challenge, Sam. You met my challenge. Yeah. But this goes through ML. I mean, you're getting some... Yeah, there's definitely a little bit of... So maybe here. he puts it in some, some neutral barrels, some, some stainless steel barrels. It would be my guess to get some of that, to get some of that malactic fermentation to happen. Um, but I, I will. I'll ask Mark, and I'll bring that. At least you know, I'll, I'll post it on Twitter mm. or something. You guys can. I love how I'm licking the sides of my mouth, like, like the gum, <laughs> my gums in between my teeth and my cheek. Well, really, it makes little, you salivate, right? Oh my there, god, I have these that. little pockets of flavor that are just sitting in there, like a squirrel storing nuts. Is that written on the back? <laughs> It should be. All it says is organic. They're organic. Grapes. Organic squirrels. It's storing nuts. Yeah. I talked to Bob nuts. about having me do the, the descriptions. Yeah. <laughs> I, think I think you need yeah. to become a copywriter, buddy. For yeah, he's not I good mean, at since, words. Yeah, I mean, since, <laughs> since you're on a Bob relationship with him, I, you go for it. Bob, Uncle Bob, Uncle, I call him Uncle, now. Uncle Bobby. I, actually, it's Mr. Kamen. When, when, <laughs> if I was with Sam, I'd be like, hey, Uncle Bob. <laughs> but when I see him when I'm by myself, I say, hey, Mr. Mr. Kamen. Kamen. Good afternoon, sir. I like, right. to, I like to write, misspell Uncle Bobby. And write it in the dust on the back of his of his truck because he has a U N K L E. Yeah, uncle. pretty uh, uncle Uncle Bobby. <laughs> and it's I E. Yeah, or uh. just I. <laughs> Bobo. Well, where this is is grown is absolutely a beautiful spot. Um, I'm not sure. You know, you were talking about how much difference it takes or makes. You know, just a five to seven mile as the crow flies difference but I mean, this is not even that far i mean yeah. it's you know but it's it, it if we were having let's say like a tin barn makes a, a sauvignon blanc from uh down in carneros and the it, tin barn tin barn does and it's right so at, incredibly right different eighth street uh-huh yep i'd love some um and just the the just the varietal difference in the two growing areas are remarkable so you know you've got that down Perfect, Sam. These are good. Your glasses are better than my glasses for it, John. Well, they're the cheaper ones. We don't have to worry about breaking them. So that's the whole thing. The stems don't break. Now what are we drinking, sir? Now this is the Hamel Reserve Sauvignon Blanc uh, 2014. 
This definitely, in, in fact, I, I believe this cow. was was <laughs> Jeez. barrel new wow. new barrel fermented. Right. Uh, yeah. Um, wow. So this this was like entirely new oak Sauvignon Blanc at, at a high end cab price point. I, uh, yeah, I was gonna say, what's the thinking behind this wine? Well, you know, so <clears throat> one thing stands out at me with this is that, and I believe this vineyard is their uh, place in Kenwood, right? That this would come from. Um, I would guess so, but I, I, I think th- there's some soft. Is there, get high smell in this. Yeah, that's but, probably the only place they have soft blanc. Yeah, well, I, yeah. I, I'm, not, I'm not really sure, but but I still get a little bit of that warm weather mm-hmm. characteristic in it. But then it's integrated with this amazing amount of oak, um, oak, yeah. you know, oak flavors. Good. I mean, you can tell. You can tell they it was really good barrels. Yeah, Stone it was very, fruit, very expensive. Peaches, out very there. expensive Man, exactly. Yeah, the vanilla on that is mm-hmm. insane. Everybody's tasting something different, but I just yeah. opened a peach the other night and had it. It's, that's it. Stone fruit right there for me. Wow. You know, I didn't think I was going to like it based on the nose. I'm actually really digging it. <laughs> oh. It's uh, it's got a candy it's opulent something. Yeah, opulent. yeah, totally opulent. It's which is what they're going for. This is. Um, Oh, it's like candied grapefruit. This is Sauvignon Blanc for the Tuesday nights of the fuck you money crowd. Yeah. It's $75 a bottle. I mean, nobody's... It's $75 a bottle. Um, I want to be in that crowd. Right? Yeah, I mean, I definitely, nice accounting. Like, you are in that crowd. Hang out with those, those guys. <laughs> no, it's, it's Monday at noon. <laughs> Instead of Tuesday night. <laughs> well, you know. Industry discount and all, John. Industry discount. Yeah, I was to say, we just went behind the velvet uh, rope. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, Monday is at noon. Come I on, mean, John. You know, this is, this is, you make a Sauvignon Blanc like this because you can. Yeah. Because, because it'll sell, because you'll open a bottle in the tasting room for a, a very well curated, uh, you know, uh, what's the word? Qualified. Uh, clientele. clientele and they'll buy it by the case because they can it's like it's like a diamond crusted grapefruit totally oh totally. you're into that you're writing today i'm writing today i like that what's got the, diamonds on the soles the of difference feet? between the trip between where these are grown <laughs> and how they're made because you've got both psalms uh both uh Sauvignon blancs right uh, and one is Wow, they're both strong wines. Well, they're, they're very intense. I, and looking yeah, at the third finish. wine coming on, I mean, they're all impeccably farmed vineyards. That we know for sure. Um, and the winemaking is all made in a, um, you know, a stylistic way. Um, so they're not just, you know, making Sauvignon Blanc for the masses of what the atypical Sauvignon Blanc flavors are. Um, you know, one of them's picked very uh, ripe and very opulent. The second one here has a lot of influence of barrel. Um, and I don't know what the third one is yet because we haven't gotten there, but I'm sure it has <laughs> its own we're, Is that imprint. where we're going? There we are. Now, is this another Sav Blanc? So this is another Sav This is another Sav Blanc. I like this. This is idea. another filcaturi grown Sauvignon Blanc. This is Stone Edge Farm. So Jeff Baker, who... Nice. Uh, the the yeah, winemaker that, that, that I share with sixteen six hundred, um, and you know Jeff is eleven classic California, you know turn of the of the era winemaker. You know, started at 
Maya Kamas in the 70s, you know, through the judgment of Paris, founded Carmen A. Um, Absolutely. So it's, it's going to have, my guess is, I haven't even smelled this yet, but my guess is it's going to be somewhere in between these two. Um, you know, uh, uh, not as heavy handed on the oak, not necessarily as, as pushed quite as hard as, as Cayman, as, as Marcarel does for the Cayman Sauvignon Blanc. Um, but there's going to be some, there's going to be some barrel on it, but not a lot. Uh, he may he probably snuck in a little Semyon. Um, Do you know, um, is, so is this from the Mountain Vineyard? It's or is 2014. This, down, this is probably from down off of. Uh, this is this is going to be right? from off of Carriger and uh, a vineyard on Norbaum called Liquid Sky that we cut over okay. to Sauvignon Blanc. Okay. On Norbaum, you've been there. Yeah, yeah. Okay. We've, it's the yeah. vineyard that we we walked up into it with the Brian. first the first one you had to cut out. Yeah. Okay. Um, Three hundred ninety cases on this. Yeah, so it's not not huge, but no, but. Beautiful. Sizable production. Yeah, and Sam, you're right. It's somewhere. It's somewhere kind of in between, but it's um it's a little beautiful. more delicate. Yeah, yeah, a little more floral, nice, um, a little leaner. It's definitely more delicate than than either of them. Yeah, um, yeah, it's really a, a very beautiful wine. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, but yeah, r- you're exactly right. It's, it's delicate, delicate. It's yeah. It's kind of in between the other two. When you think about it, the thing that my dad always likes to say is is wines. Um, resemble the person or take the personality of of the winemaker um and and this is uh, these three wines I, I don't know if you could have a better example of that because the Cayman is you know Mark Harold is one of the most exuberant loud big personalities you could ever find and that's that one the the, the Hamels um you know are gilded it's a, a gilded <laughs> property and this is a, a gilded wine uh, yeah, I mean, it's all, it's very, the, the Hamel wine is very well thought out, and um, it was chosen and strategic, is made yeah. for strategic reasons, and, and that makes perfect sense, and, um, you know, Stone Edge is Stone, ed- is Stone Edge, yeah. I mean, it, it really is, it, it's, as you said, the, the uh, qualities of the winemaker are shown in the wine, right. in the wine. It's high quality but soft spoken. Yeah. Where do you go to buy any of these? Always at the. I mean, all, ha- Hamel. You can only get it. All Hamel. three of these are only going to be Cayman able, at their at, the at their shop. Yeah. Um, and Stone Edge. That's, that's the, from Stone Edge. Uh, yeah. You know. I mean, Cayman will occasionally make it to the market. Um, probably more in New York than anywhere else, uh, and maybe a little bit around the country. But I, for sure, the only place you can guarantee to get these is directly from the winery and you know in the case of of hamel and probably stone edge and cayman for that matter you're better off physically at the winery than even on the website so So, well at least let's let them know how to get a hold of hamel it's h-a-m-e-l family wines hamel family wines and um they are right as you leave sonoma and go into glen ellen yes right i don't know the exact I don't know. Is it still a Sonoma address or it's still, a, it's still a Sonoma yeah. address. They're on Highway 12, where Madrone Road hits Highway 12. Uh, it's a, it is appointment only. It's a, um, a spectacular property. Spectacular uh, property. Beautiful. Appointment only. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. And and the same goes with Stone Edge. They have a they do tastings up on the top of of uh, Cavedale Road. Uh, by appointment only. Uh, uh, I had some people the other day that were that fell in love with the Stone Edge Cab and were trying to get an appointment and couldn't get in right. on Thursday. It was Thursday or Friday, and I said, you know what? Yeah. Maybe they're doing a bottling today. It's possible they got something going on. But um, 
It, it's it. They do. I think they do three seatings a day. Okay. And and it's booked. It's yeah. booked out. So yeah. great one. But yeah. this came the Cayman. You're saying you, the you, Cayman. You can get at the tasting room you, you, on the plaza. You can. Yeah. Okay. Absolutely. So K A M E N, and he does have a uh, Robert Cayman does have a spot on the Sonoma Plaza. Well, so. what was the case production on the Sauvignon Blanc? For Cayman, uh, three ninety. Three ninety was the uh, no. the Stone Edge. The Cayman is it's probably in that same range. It's twenty thirteen. Twenty thirteen yeah. is. Does and that's just wine. released. No, no, this has so. been in my cellar for a little while. The, okay, but they probably at midnight naked by are selling out of their twenty fifteen right now. Right, twenty fifteen was su- twenty fifteen. Um, the the take on the yield on the Sauvignon Blanc in twenty fifteen was down like 70 percent yikes so there wasn't a lot of the 2015 2016 will be better but i imagine they're probably they probably bottled that if they haven't bottled it they're bottling it very soon and it'll be out for the fall okay yeah i've learned with the nice cayman wines, wines if you like it go go to go the go it, to the yeah. taste room and grab yeah, it because it otherwise it it's, it's gone yeah yeah i mean there, some of these things you just have to do yeah i mean sorry about that Right. <laughs> yes, honey, I did have to. I did have to do that. Sorry. <laughs> nice wine, well, Sam. Well thank done. you. Yeah, yeah, beautiful selection. N- nice. Uh, wow. Educational a, look at yeah. uh, what a nice unattainable sack. Sauvignon Blanc. Right. Yeah. Now we're we gonna back that up with uh, some something some uh, attainable. <laughs> you know, I don't know because both of these wines that I that I brought one is from Argentina, one's from Portugal, but they're both 07, So I don't know if you can. Find those in the market right now. Probably not. Um, and one of them is uh, Duro. So most people from Portugal, what you've had is Port. Um, that's what probably ninety-eight percent of people in America have had from Portugal. But this is actually a, just a regular red still wine. And then we've got a um, from Argentina. Uh, it's a project from Allegrini. Who, if anyone has ever had Allegrini wines from Italy, they do an Amarone where they take the grapes from Valpolicella and they dry them and then they press them. So you're getting this Italian. really concentrated, style. Yeah. totally. Um, um, but they but they did this in Argentina. So with Malbec, Cab, what else did they put in here? It was uh, a little bit of Syrah, Cabernet Franc, and then Bonarda, three uh, percent Bonarda, which I'd never heard of. Um, but I thought it'd be fun to try both of these. And then also because we had something from Portugal, and I think I mentioned on the last show, I wanted to ask Bart and Sam about. Corks versus screw caps, um, because it was I was had just read something about uh, corks. Um, the production and sales have been down forty percent over the last ten years, and they're attributing it to to millennials saying, "Oh, because they don't really care if there's a cork in it." I know in the restaurant in general, people really like to have a cork, but um, when you're selling retail, I don't know that they do, and and typically it's. You know, white wine or rosé, or if you're getting wines from Australia, where you see a lot of even the high end stuff will have a, a screw cap on it. Um, or you just said it right there. Even the high end stuff mm-hmm. has a screw cap, which right. means high end stuff shouldn't have a screw cap in your mind, or well, my mind, or any other. I mean, it uh, it does have its. Um, well, I think it depends who you talk to, because I I still don't think there's a not I don't think there's enough research out there still that can you know we don't have we're not pulling out a uh, a bottle of wine out of a shipwreck um that has a screw cap <laughs> on it that was that was sunk 100 years ago where we go wow holy crap that wine is still great those screw caps are amazing um, but we have that evidence from corks but we don't have that from screw caps 
And then if then I know a couple of winemakers that are extremely particular about flavors who will claim that there's a some sort of plasticky smell coming off a screw cap and from the little plastic liner from on the, the little plastic liner on the inside and, and I know Peter Mathis actually for his rosé uses cork specifically because he actually thinks that the there's a little flavor coming out of the cork that he likes being imparted into his That's wine. A dangerous game to play. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> How so? I because the flavor that come out of cork is uh, not what, always good. Well, what people would uh, expect or think of as a corked Some, bottle, something. I mean, yeah, a cork should be inert. It shouldn't have. It shouldn't have. So it should totally neutral. Anything to it. I mean, that's that's 100%. the idea. That's that is, that that is the idea, and 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 you know, cork's got a bad rap a number of years ago and i'm not saying it wasn't fairly Enti- no it was entirely justified yeah i mean yeah. because the quality of how uh, corks were being processed and uh and produced was leading to more of corkiness um which is this defect um that happens in the in the cork um which makes wine smell bad and the fact is is the majority of the general public probably don't even know what that is it's probably just a smell that they don't like and decide that they don't really care for that wine. And, um, but I was recently at a conference earlier this year um, where there were some producers of, a uh, cork producers there. And- um, Was this Unified or? No, it was um, uh, the uh, uh, QI seminar up oh, the, in the, the IQ, yeah, yeah, yeah. IQ seminar. IQ, yeah. Um, and of course it was cork companies there t- discussing it, but they were backing up with data showing how with them processing it different, um, not taking the bottom part of the trees um, bark for making corks, and many other things. Faster, et cetera. It's better for the cork. No, tree. no, no. Because when it's closer to the ground, they found they had higher incidences of the corkiness. Oh, okay. Okay, and of of off smelling corks. So it, basically, the uh, in the processing of corks, they've cut down um, the defect um, side of it greatly. Um, and, um, I, I know for myself, the winery I work at in my own winery, um, I see a very low amount of corkiness, you know, it ha- also has to do with who you buy your corks from, um, how much you pay for them, et cetera, et cetera. Um, now that being said, you know, uh, my friend Adam uh, Lee of Siduri Wines a number of years ago, just walked away from corks completely and went hundred percent to screw cap. Hmm. And that's for almost all it's, it's Pinot Noir. Um, he does do some Sauvignon Blanc and some Zinfandels and Syrah and his other secondary label. But these are all highly um, reviewed and well-regarded Pinots and everything's in screw caps. And he loves it for that reason. And he's, he doesn't even consider the plastic cork as the competition. It's screw cap or real cork. Correct. Not even composite cork Correct. and not, not the rubber. Now, now and, and I'm sorry if I'm kind of manipulating this, but just touch on one more thing. Um, at the same conference, Dave Ramey um, uh, was speaking, and David's probably one of the more respected winemakers we have in the business. Um, and he has turned his winery 100% to Noma cork. Mm, and the uh, the sugar cane, the sugar cane and honey. They do also do honey, I think. Right. Really? Um, the, the, but it's a composite cork that is um, uh, processed. Um, and, and his reason for doing it is that although he doesn't think it's perfect, but it's it, he doesn't it's never corked. Um, and so he's happy with it. Um, his biggest thing is in his business. He has a lot of wines that um, get opened 
after a lot of time in, um, in bottle and that um, corkiness is an issue. And so one way to just get rid of it is by not using it. And he still gets the uh, micro oxidation through the Noma cork. Um, so again, he's not saying it's the end all be all, but it's what he's committed to. So, and there are hmm. winemakers that are doing that. So Brian, from your point, now you just opened something that was a screw top, right? No, no, no. Okay. I, op I opened up something from Portugal, which, okay. which just made me think of, because I, I think a, a high majority of the cork that we're buying here in the United I States is coming of, from uh, yeah, Portugal. A little bit from Sardinia, but um, yeah, everything's out of Portugal. And if anyone doesn't know what they do, they don't cut down the entire tree. What they actually do is skin kind of it. you skin the tree. So you're skinning it down. And then I think after 10 years, you can do a reharvest. faster than that. I think that you they're know? down to... No? no, I think it's Jan. Yeah, yeah. There's cork. There's a cork oak growing in the Sonoma Plaza. If you're in Sonoma and you want to go see what a cork oak looks like, it's uh, on the backside by the by the playground on the north side near the new General Vallejo bench. There's a cork oak there, and you know it's a, a pretty sizable one too. Yeah, I mean, I, and as a kid, you'd go and you'd break a piece off and you know have a piece of cork. A piece in your of hand. cork, yeah. Um, so it's mm. cool to see. You know, it's definitely it's cork grows on it's the bark of an oak tree um you know and, and in that sense it it's from nature it's it's not an infallible product um but for me um i think the same of of my wine um you know it, it's we do our best and we work really hard to make sure that it is as perfect as possible every time every single bottle um but it's it's alive, it's living, it's breathing, it's just like that cork was. And 2% of the time, maybe 5% of the time, we fail at that. But that also means that 95 to 98% of the time, we don't. Um, and what not having a natural cork takes away from b both brand image and, and ageability um, is is not worth that two to five percent that's that's the way i like it I, I would and i've thought about the noma corks and maybe i'll do a rosé with it or something just to see how it goes um you know i like the idea that it's it's super sustainable and and uh, regenerable regenerable regenerative uh some kind of word um <laughs> Regenerative, yeah. <laughs> uh, but but no, I, can you tell I, a difference? I, I, the the funny part is that we all understood exactly yeah, know, what he was yeah. talking. Four oh, seven can, 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 you, can you look at these corks they're just sitting there and tell the difference? Oh are, yeah, I mean, they're, they're all natural with, quality. They're, they're all natural corks, and, right? You know what you're looking for in. Uh, first of all, I, I'm I, Sam couldn't have said it better. I feel the same way about corks. I I did you know get a quote for some screw caps um, for Shannon Blanc, and um, it, I just couldn't actually pull the trigger and i i actually don't even know if it was cheaper or more expensive it's just emotionally I, I can't wrap my head around it um but when you're looking at a cork i mean there's the very much the visual um all the the little dots and little um crevices or small crevices you see in it are just part of it being a natural product um you know the higher the quality the less quote unquote defects that are in it um, the size, um, we have everything from inch and a half to two and a quarter inch. Two and a quarter inch, um, $75 cork. Yeah. Yeah. Rough um, rider. The corks here probably range anywhere from, oh, 50 cents a bottle or 50 cents a cork up to probably close to a dollar a cork. Wow, seriously? Oh, yeah. No, yeah. My corks are 75 cents a pop. Wow. 16,000 bottles is a 
twelve thousand dollar cork bill. Yeah. Wow. And 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 cork prices have gone up just like everything else in the wine business. You know, um, you know, one of the many things I learned over my years is you stare at uh, corks and you know try to figure out. Is the quality of the sample you got the same as what you actually received? <laughs> right. Make yourself absolutely you know? crazy, um, and you'll drive yourself well, crazy. Right, um, and so talk about that. Is it what you receive? Well, ninety-nine percent of the time. Yeah, I think so. I mean, you know, if you work for a reputable and work with a reputable company, of course they do the best they can. But again, to go back to Sam's comment, it's a natural product. It is, and every you know, single one is different. Every single one is different, and every single one is unique. Now, the way they process corks is very much like they process um, grapes at some of these optical sorting um, wineries out of optical sorting. Um, I can remember back in the 80s seeing, going to a cork processing company, and they were running it the same way. You know, They'd run the corks down a line at a very high rate of speed. Uh, they would take pictures of it, analyze how many little defects there were, and at the end of the line, there was a little air bladder that either kicked it into the reject file or the keep file. And the reject file or reject bag, it wasn't actually reject. It was just a cheaper quality cork. So, so. they'd still sell that. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Yeah. Instead of 55 cents, it's 45 cents a cork. And I actually... And, 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 that's, and then, you know, as you go down, I mean, if you're a winery doing 30,000 cases of Sauvignon Blanc and you're doing corks, you know, the difference between, you know, 20 and 30 cents a cork makes a huge difference on that. Brian, on your end, I know when we were young and in love, we always wanted to keep the cork. I mean, you're the server, you know. You I know, mean, people used to make the cork boards, and yeah. um, actually, we still do a little, uh, uh, for Christmas, we do reindeers. You take uh, five corks, and you do uh, one, two, three, actually four, four corks, a little puffy white tail. You use the, um, um, what do you call it, the, the pipe cleaners for the antlers and a little googly eyes. Um, so yeah, there is there is still some. I, I, you know what? There's still some use for corks that, at, I, I never at my did house. That. But I mean, I bet I have a you know an old uh, Chateau Margaux '59 in that drawer. I, right. Well, so I, I have a whole I have a whole container full of memorable corks or cool corks that I've had over the years. Cool. So you do it too. For for me, um, uh, the cork is and Sam. I see also the cork is my last business card. Right. You know, um, I encourage uh, uh, servers if they, you know, people ask about the wine, I said just hand them the cork because the website's on there and the phone number's there. So yours too, right? So I don't yeah. have my phone That's, number on there. But you have your cell. You have yeah, the website, I have the website. So. It's because when I ordered the corks, I didn't. I mean, the only phone that we had for the winery when I first designed the corks was my cell phone. And as much as I give my cell phone out and it's <laughs> online places, I didn't want to put it on the cork quite yet. Yeah. For a good time, call this number. <laughs> <Right>? <laughs> Text messages only. Find, you know what, he find it uh, on the street in Vegas. <laughs> well, what, what would we have done a couple weeks ago when we opened up that 55 Sauterne if it didn't have a cork? Right, what if would, that had a screw cap? Yeah. Who knows what Who knows? it was? It Who would have never would have right? known. It also <laughs> may or may not have survived. And, and that's the question. The that's cork, the question. Right, if we had a time machine and we had the DeLorean parked out front and we could go... Um, go uh, 60 years into the future and pop open one of these Australian Shiraz from... Um, you know, one of these one of these big boy producers, and see what it tastes like. So we had a fifty five Sauternes, identifiable only by cork. Right. That was Saturday. You came by on Tuesday and tasted it, and it was still holding up. Mm-hmm. And you had a party of I, girls they, they, come in. They were there yeah. before me, I think. No, okay. I, I had uh, people come in. One of whom. 
only she she only liked sweet wine. She was really there to bring Perfect. her friend who was visiting from Philadelphia into to she want they wanted to go wine tasting. I I accidental SEO, I named my winery Winery 16600, so when people Google winery in Sonoma, I come up first. Totally accidental. Marketing genius. Marketing genius. Uh, so they showed up at my doorstep, and you know they with very little sort of research or knowledge, and we started talking, and, and she... I, I, I don't know how he came up. I certainly didn't ask her, but she mentioned that she was born in 55. And I went, well, wow. sh- well shit, I... I got this thing. <laughs> I actually <laughs> tried to try have. this. And it is sweet. <laughs> it is sweet. Yeah. Uh, so, and that was, I think that was Friday. So it was, that was a solid week later. And, and that had actually Unreal. traveled to me. I'd taken it to, uh, oh no, that was even later than that. I took it That's to another funny. party. Uh, the like a solid week later and poured, a, you know, a little bit of it went a long way. And you know, a whole party got to taste a little bit of it. it la- that bottle lasted. If, I mean, if we hadn't finished it, that bottle would probably still have life in it. <laughs> I love it. Well, it was an amazing find. I'll tell you that. Um, I, I, it was cognac for me. So, now what are you looking for? The uh, now that's the the South American Amarone. Yeah. So go. we just um, just poured the. Um, um, from Argentina, it's a Malbec Cab, Syrah, and and there's another grape on there that I've never heard of. Um, but what they did is they picked these grapes and then they just let them sit out in the sun, and they dry them out a little bit. So you can imagine when they imagine if you take a, a normal grape that you buy in the store, and then you take a raisin and put them side by side, and your mom says, "Okay, I want you to make some juice out of that grape," and you take a glass and you squeeze the grape and you get a little juice. And then you go and you squeeze the raisin. So how much juice comes out of that raisin? Well, you re-soak the raisin. See, now this is not acceptable. <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. The, the reason you dry it out is so, and, and is so, so that... So you can carry it with you, like the Romans did. Well, no, this is so you can get a more concentrated flavor. And they do this, actually, I know there's a grappa that does this, Ooh, this uh, as well. Um, this is good. Oh, now, which is that the one that's, to, that's the Magnum? It's definitely yeah, okay. concentrated. Yeah. Right. Um, when I when I first poured it, it had a little bit of a sour milk uh, aroma that blew off really mm. quickly, which is probably just because it's from two thousand and seven. Two thousand seven. Yeah, both of these are oh seven. So, um, it is funny. It says the the union of two cultures, two wineries, one old world and the other in the new world gives the birth to Anamore. I'm wondering who's the so new world and who's the old Italy, world. Italy is the old world. Argentina, the, the new world. And Allegrini being the, yeah, I guess the, the master. Who was the kid who used to run Aventine? Um, yeah, Fabiano yeah. Mermici. Yeah. And he had those hand-painted bottles. Yeah, is he, what he, the, and he makes a wine here from California right. in the style of Amarone. Yes. Yeah. Hmm. And so that was interesting. Yeah, he would, it was just like uh, you know the, the Romans. They were traveling. They would take their wine, liquids heavier than you know, grapes and uh, raisins. So they would right. soak it up and make some kind of wine out of it wherever they were attacking or taking over the, the <laughs> thing about this is in in argentina you don't necessarily need to go to these types of extremes to get more intensity and in extraction in your wine um you know in northern italy uh where you're higher mountains cooler climates um 
and you know, in an off vintage, especially, uh, Amarone is the only way to get ripeness and intensity right. and, 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 and sugar and sugar. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, so this is, you know, it's pretty over the top because of that. Right. Because it's you know a place where ripeness isn't uh, as much of an issue. Um, that said, it's pretty interesting. I mean. You brought a magnum of it. I, it would take quite a party to go through a magnum of this. Why do you think I brought it here? Yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to drink this at home. I'm glad I brought my Boda bag. Seriously. There you go. <laughs> right. This I is mean, Boda bag perfect. This is, this it's, is uh, to me, it's almost something you would open up for like a party of 10 or 15 people mm-hmm. for dessert. Yeah. Like you were having chocolate or something, and you said, okay, instead of opening up a Madeira or a port, let's open this thing up and. Um, yeah, I, I I really couldn't see drinking this with dinner. Does it John feels different. I think John's in love with this. No, it's, it's, you know what? Well, look at him. Look at that smile on his face. We're John, gonna, John let's stops very in this right now. <laughs> very strong. He's gonna wine. drink that tonight. Very strong wine. <laughs> what is? What, does it say what the alcohol is? Oh, I Do we believe what the alcohol says? It's fourteen five. Easy. It's fifteen five. Easy. Fourteen five. It's fifteen five. Well, it, don't you love the name? It's Enamore. Yeah. DNA, so it's kind of like um, uh, Amarone. Uh, uh, and what, a, is that an anagram? On. Is that what they call that when you mix up the letters or something? Right. right. Yeah. It definitely um, has a little bit of residual sugar to me, a little bit. Sure. Yeah. I mean, does it? But I, and I don't necessarily think that as a characteristic of true Amarone is that it's 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 got sweetness, it's got caramelization, but it's but it's dry. Right. Right. And this has got a little sugar that's you know whether it was just the fermentation stopped. Um, this would be a this would be a bitch know, to ferment. Yeah, yeah, it would. <laughs> yeah. So nice, nice, nice find, Brian. Uh, thank you. The bottle was given to me. When I <laughs> nice <laughs> gift, Brian. Kind of an it's kind of an odd thing. I don't I don't even know. I, I mean, I've never seen anything like that before. No. I've, I used to I used to be a fan of Amarones and a fan of um, um, high alcohol petite Syrahs at one point in my life. <laughs> Um, but um, that day has passed, and who knows? They say every seven years your palate cycles. So. Uh, Maybe in a few more years, I'll be uh, ready to revisit. I mean, I, I would almost put this in the uh, in the same in a completely different end, but the same boat as uh, the Scholium project that we opened <laughs> there last you go. episode. Where very it's, good comparison. It's a uh, an intellectual exercise. Right. It's interesting. Right. Uh, it's clearly well made, um, but it's not something that I would go. Yeah. I want to drink something for pure enjoyment. I want to pick that. No. It's not. It's not in that category. You know what? Pork tenderloin with some uh, with a with a with, uh, a with a reduction sauce with a yeah. sauce uh, with this. Ooh, get you through the magnum that right. way. You know, yeah. right? Yeah. Maybe a little figs. Well, and you mm-hmm. know, and again, the largest uh, component is Malbec at sixty percent, and uh, you know, Malbec from Argentina especially is known to be dense and concentrated. Very, and, um, very much so. so. But speaking of well-made, oh, here we go, and for a purpose. Yeah, you brought a beautiful 2014 Cabernet Sauvignon from Moon Mountain. I did, and this is our uh, Simon's Vineyard. This is what we're going to end the show on because we're, we're we've had well, I've had enough to drink today, starting at noon on Monday. <laughs> so, speak for yourself, John. I got to go to work. I got yoga. I have tastings. I have see. Music. We all got yeah. shit to yeah, do. Yeah. Well, so do I. I'm. I'm, I'm not going to do it outside. I can guarantee that. So Sam so. Simon's uh, Vineyard had a different name, hmm. if I remember right. Originally, I mean, it's been. It was well. It was uh, 
m- before the Simons owned it, uh, Danny Glover owned it. Right. Okay. So this was, was this was the vineyard that um, it, it sur- survived the '96 fire. Right. And uh, essentially, uh, the way I like uh, the way I, I described it once in a in a Facebook post a few years ago that got some pretty good response in in, in that. In the 96 fire, when all the vineyards around it burned, Carmenet burned, Cayman burned, this was sort of the, the phoenix that, that the Moon Mountain District, you know, the ashes that the Moon Mountain District rose from. Uh, a lot of, anyway, grafted things from this vineyard, um, but also sort of m- more to the point, um, when all those vineyards burned, Jeff Baker at Carmenet bought fruit from here, and for a few years as the vineyard was being, you know, their vineyard was being redeveloped and routinely the, this cab beat out their estate lots. Mm. And that's when he said, all right, well, we we need to hire Phil to, to farm here at Moon Mountain. And so he's been farming there and now 20 years straight. Um, And if you look at sort of the history of the Moon Mountain district, it all kind of grows from that. So, um, you know, I I love having this. It took the fire to create it. It took the fire to create it. Absolutely, That's the, the fire sort of set a you know it was a reset button on a lot of vineyards in the Moon Mountain District that brought them into you know modern uh, modern plant material, modern trellis systems, modern irrigation systems yeah, that, that, that and allowed that, it to become that, what it is. And that fire um, created a real community also yeah, up there. That's a good point. Um, you know, they all communicated probably a lot more after that. You know. Comparing um, uh, real quickly, how did that start and how did it end? Uh, it was a, a hot, windy day like today, <laughs> uh, and it was uh, in the end it it fell into the lap of Davies Tree, who was contracted by PG&E to cut tr- uh, branches away from power lines and failed in their really? duties. And wow. branches hit power You're lines and me. sparked a two thousand plus acre. Wildfire in August, early August 1996, uh, burnt several major vineyard sites. Um, several days. Several days. I, I was um, at a vineyard not far from your house here, John, uh, when the fire started, and we were um, looking up on the hillside and saw a little fire and figured, oh, yeah, that won't be much of anything. They'll right. get right on it. Um, and then we proceeded to sit there and watch it over the days. and. Because you had a Sonoma had a real view of it. Let me tell you, um, that whole backdrop mountain of Sonoma, that Mount Bismarck, that you know, you think of the classic from the valley, you know, from the plaza looking up. That's was that's all what on burned. fire. That's what burned. Yeah, yeah. It was it was spectacular. I mean, and not in a good way. Not in a good way. Yeah. No, I, n- not at all. So, well, Sam, I think we, we've either got the ten or the twelve on the list of the um, sixteen six hundred cap. Uh. 13? Uh, I, I swear I it's either the 10 or the 12. Really? I, I sold a few bottles the other night. I'll have to look. At, I mean, because that would have been from when when Jim was the buyer there a few years ago, uh, and I sold them some of that. Okay. Because I haven't had 10 or 12 available. Yeah, and there, was, there was there's substantial marking on the shoulder oh, after sure. I pour, yeah. the, pour the wine out. Yeah. These, these, these wines, the, the cabs especially, are, will, at about that age, uh, you know, five years or so, Drop some solid sediment for sure. Yeah, yeah. you know they're big wines, big mountain cabernet. There's, there's, uh, they can drop a lot of sediment and still have yeah. a lot of color and structure and tannin. This wine's gonna uh, live for years. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and this yeah. wine will outlive. It's, it's really, at least three of us at this table here. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> me first. <laughs> 
All right, guys. Uh, what was the best wine we had today? I, I, I'm, I'm, I have to go for the um, sixteen six hundred slut. <laughs> I think my my favorite my, I am my favorite <laughs> wine know, that I'll go back honestly, to here is you know, the. Uh, but it is. My my favorite here is the uh, Stone Edge Sauvignon. Stone Edge Sauvignon Blanc. Yeah. Yeah. You know what? As far as quality goes, I think that Stone Edge Sauvignon Blanc is my favorite. But as but as a geek, I'm kind of digging the Hamel. <laughs> and the you know yeah. what? I it's got like this toasted coconut thing going. I mean, it it just kind of. Um, yeah, it just makes you. Th- there, there's sometimes where you just want to drink a glass of wine, and you just want to drink a glass of wine. There's sometimes when you kind of like the, the fact that you take a sip, and your your brain is is working, um, processing information. And for me, that's one of those ones where your brain's kind of working every time. Um, now later yeah. tonight, when I get off work and it's one o'clock at home, um, and I'm tired after working all day, that's, that's not the wine I'm gonna <laughs> want. I'm gonna want the I'm gonna want the Stone Edge, but um, but for. Um, yeah, just for geekiness, that that's a pretty interesting wine. I mean, it is um, what you can do with Sauvignon Blanc if you believe you have the customer base that'll pay for it. Yeah, totally. Because, I, I mean, it's knowing the cost of production, it's totally, the price on it is totally justified, knowing how much it costs for them to make, what they had to do, right. you know, barrel fermenting, new oak barrels to make Sauvignon Blanc. Um but most, you know, most winery economics would never allow for that. Yeah. Would, you know, Sauvignon Blanc is something that you make as, you know, not as cheaply as possible, but, you, you know, you're watching, your, watching the bottom line on Sauvignon Blanc costs, um, knowing that, you know, I mean, Cayman maybe gets close to 50 for, for theirs. Um, and, you know, that crazy high yeah, no, that's Vineyard the oak treatment stuff. that you do for a red wine, let, let alone a Chardonnay. Yeah, no, it's the oak you do for it's the oak right. you do for high end cab, right? On a Sauvignon Blanc, yeah, and yeah. it and, works, and, yeah, and, and it works, pay for it. yeah, and and quite frankly, I mean, they're getting they're getting that price for it because they can, yeah. and um, and God bless them for it, yep. you know, um, even with that with that label. It it is interesting to me that, and this goes. This don't goes don't badger me about hey, that. Hey, someone Brian. had to say it. You know what? <laughs> They're so loyal to their uh, to their home state. Yeah. Sam, um, can I have that napkin, please? I just poured water all myself. Thank you very much. You know the 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 last thing I'll say about this is that it is interesting to me that what reserve Sauvignon Blanc means, and this goes back to what you does know, it mean fume blanc from mondavi, mondavi right, right. Um, <laughs> it just means it's sauvignon blanc in oh Sorry. sauvignon blanc in you missed um, the important equipment yeah well I, d- I did not get the hat but sorry I'll, we're I'll fa- be right back. We're, we're falling apart here folks <laughs> we're falling apart here a little bit john john's head stretched out for five more minutes while he gets the mop <laughs> Oh my! Is that our, is that our first uh, winemakers? If you can still uh, hear us, if the soundboard hasn't shorted out yet, <laughs> it's two thirty on a Monday. Send help. <laughs> <laughs> Look, I didn't. I didn't try and do that, but I'm going to. Nobody try tries to sound everything. out the. <laughs> and I will get that later. So. All right. Yeah, I know. What can I say? 
Well, that might be a good place to end it today. I think so. <laughs> Going out with a bang. That's <laughs> exactly episode what I was number 14. <laughs> now, I know you wanted to talk uh, about we'll, weed we'll, this week. We'll bring that oh, next week. We'll bring it next week. Because we'll, we'll uh, it's it a conversation. Next week and and teaser, teaser. Yeah. So, put the yeah, teaser out there. By yeah. that time, even more things will have happened Absolutely. in the because it's moving so fast. Not I mean, just weed, but pot. I heard you guys talking about during the break pot wine. It's it's a thing. It's, it's a thing. It's happening in cellars that you know and cellars you don't know. And and I heard you guys also talking about biodynamic weed, well, which because you can't call it organic because the USDA owns organic. Do so, they? Is yeah, that the it's, a, it's a whole. I mean, we could. You know, Grant, I, I mean, we're gonna have to talk to Ed. We'll, we'll, we're gonna come up with a pot podcast because things are happening so quickly in California that we almost need to. But um, yeah, you can't call weed organic because uh, marijuana is federally legal and the federal government owns organic. And organic is bullshit because there's a lot of <laughs> stuff that you can spray on those plants. There's a list of them, and I wanted to bring that up this time, but we can talk about that next time. Okay, that uh, that is not natural. All right, guys. Well, I'm sorry to uh, kind of, you know, train wreck the uh, show. <laughs> did we just throw a hole? You know, I did it. So uh, I did it, and I, I will say uh, thanks for listening to everybody. And uh, Sam, how do they get in touch with you? Uh, you can always find Winery 16600. I guess you just Google Winery in Sonoma. It comes up first, apparently. Uh, and find me at, at Grapes with a View on Instagram and Twitter. Bart? Uh, you know, every, I hope everybody has a great weekend. Uh, drink more Grenache. Drink and, um, yep. and uh, you can find me uh, virtually anywhere at, at Dane Sellers. Perfect. At Dane Sellers. Love to hear from you. And we can always find you. Uh, you know what? I'm at Sante, but, but what I want to say is if you are listening to this podcast and you love Shannon Blanc... I am going to make sure that Bart Shannon Blanc sells out before it's even bottled. Perfect. So get a hold of Bart. I don't don't even think he's got a price set for it yet. So the price just went up, yeah. whatever it was. A I lot, would get in now. How yeah. much was the Hamel? 75? Seventy-five? <laughs> not, not bad, you know. It's an experiment. Screw top seven Shannon Blanc. I it's like yeah, it. yeah, a bottle. The, you, the cork finish will be you know twenty eight dollars a bottle. <laughs> the screw cap reserve will be seventy five. No, by the by the time Bart bottles, actually, we're going to be putting it in a forty ounce. <laughs> <laughs> All right, guys. Thanks for listening. And we will see you next week. <laughs> Proceeding was a presentation of the Radio Misfits Podcast Network. Find our other great shows on iTunes, Stitcher Radio, and at radiomisfits.com.